That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, it's Dr. Will Cole. This podcast is the manifesto for a new breed of health seekers. This is the art of being well. What's up and welcome to The Art of Being Well. I am a leading functional medicine expert. I get to consult people around the world via webcam. And I'm a New York Times bestselling author. I wrote Intuitive Fasting, which is my newest book, and The Inflammation Spectrum, and Ketotarian. If you want to learn more about my clinical work, the telehealth center, the books, there's lots of free resources there for you as well. You can check it all out at drwillcole.com. That's D-R-W-I-L-L. C-O-L-E dot com. And listeners of The Art of Being Well, we are giving away free signed books. All you have to do is head on over to Apple Podcasts and rate and review the podcast. So no matter when you listen to this episode, every month my team and I will be going through the reviews on Apple Podcasts and randomly picking a winner. And I'll reach out to you personally, just ask which book you want me to sign, and I'll personally send it to you. So you can do it two ways. You can leave the review on Apple Podcasts and leave your Instagram handle there on the Apple Podcast review, or you can message me on Instagram at Dr. Will Cole and just screenshot the review there if you don't want to leave your Instagram handle on Apple Podcasts. That's fine too. We'll be going through the messages on Instagram and the Apple Podcasts every month and randomly picking a winner. All right, let's get to today's show. It is a special one. I told you a few episodes ago, I would be peppering this format within the Art of Being Well episodes. So this is what I am lovingly calling the, it's a, it's a major mantra and concept within our clinic. It's mental health is physical health. That's, I think, a good way of summarizing this. Yeah. Don't you think so? So mental health is not separate from physical health. Mental health is physical health. That's a major part of our telehealth clinic and how we help patients around the world. And it's a major part of the art of being well. But this is an episode entirely devoted to this concept. So we're going to explore the bi-directional interconnectedness between mental health and physical health, how one impacts the other, how mental health will impact your mind and your emotions, stress levels, trauma, will impact your physical health, and we'll explore those different ways. And conversely, we'll be exploring how our physical health, meaning underlying gut problems or inflammation or nutrient deficiencies, impacts our mental health, impacts our mood, our mind and emotions. Are you all up for this? Of course. (laughs) Okay. And I was thinking about this too, like, okay, how am I going to frame this? There's a phrase in Aramaic it's I it, love that that's where you went. Yeah. How am I going to phrase this? Iturota de la tata, iturota de la ela, which means awakening from below and awakening from above. Whew. There we go. That's good stuff. So when we you're go old school. This. this is what we're trying to get to. So I have two of my closest friends who also are on my team here working with me. Let's introduce the people. You met them last time, but Candace. What's up? Hey, fellow humans. I'm back. They let me come back to the podcast. <laughs> and aliens and demigods, demigods and <laughs> all of those listening. All the people that listen to the podcast. Angelic beings. And Candace, can you explain just to give you're not just a human being, but what do you do within the clinic? Yeah. Well, I'm on the team and I am 
a hat that I wear, I am actually a mental health and wellness life coach. And I don't think I mentioned that last we time. We didn't. And I thought that, I was like, oh, dang. I think they got that through the conversation, yeah, but we didn't frame that. So I wanted to make sure we got that I'm not that super today. worried about that, yeah, at all. But yeah, that's my main hat that I, I wear. And then I'm highly involved in the group program and really watching patient journeys and making mm-hmm. sh- and really guarding. I said that and I'll say it again, really mm-hmm. guarding that experience. And because mental health is physical health, I take that perspective as we're working with patients. Yeah. And we said this last time, but you are the patient doula. If that says, I think that summarizes it, but mental health life coach, expert, really just immersing yourself in these people's lives, which is really beautiful. And we have Andrea, the yin to her yang. I was just going to say, <laughs> Candace is the calming effect of our clinic. She she brings a stability that is really quite beautiful and her talents are very much reflected in what she does here in the clinic. Myself personally, I don't know. I don't know if I mentioned how long I've worked with Dr. Cole, but I've worked at this clinic for 12 plus years now. And I was talking to my husband about that. And I realized that's a third of my life has been spent with you guys. And that's really awesome. And it's been spent working with patients and thousands of patients over those years. And I help oversee our entire patient team on both our group class level and our concierge level. And also see patients one-on-one myself alongside Dr. Cole. I'm doing the ins and outs of the clinic stuff every day. Yeah, very cool. So you have these two experts right here and me kind of holding the balance between the two, <laughs> showing both sides of that yin and yang, the mental health impacting physical health and the physical health impacting mental emotional health. So that's the format of this show. So today we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about adaptogens. We're going to talk about some therapies that people can do. And I think it's framed in the sense of stress. Let's think of someone that's struggling, a patient that's struggling through stress and that all the different iterations of that. So one tool when we're taking in, when we have, have a patient intake and we have two different models, and Candace mentioned the group class. We have concierge telehealth one-on-one. We've done that for 12 years. And about two, actually just recently, it's the two-year anniversary of our online group telehealth model, which mm-hmm. democratizes functional medicine more, making it more accessible, more affordable to people. So two different modes of helping people. Yes. And we take health history. We run labs when it's appropriate. And we really curate a protocol based off of that person's health history. So let's look at stress as a component here. A lot of patients struggle with stress and anxiety and stress in the body, but stress also just in their situationally. And we need to integrate ways to to calm stress. One of the ways that we diagnostically quantify this from an objective data standpoint is measuring the circadian rhythm of cortisol throughout the day. So we're looking at what's called the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis, the brain adrenal axis, the brain's communication with the adrenal glands, which is in part to regulate cortisol. Cortisol should be higher in the morning in a nice S-shaped curve throughout the day. So we need this nice, beautiful S-shaped circadian rhythm. And many people when they have HPA axis dysfunction, their cortisol is high when it should be low or low when it should be high, or it's always high or always low. And these are all snapshots in time that we're quantifying with labs. We're looking at more than just that circadian rhythm. We're looking at other metabolites of the endocrine system. But for the sake of today's conversation, let's keep it as granular (laughs) and succinct as possible without getting in tangents. I want to keep things organized. Let's talk about that HPA axis dysregulation. What would be commonly called in the internets, (laughs) it's going to be called adrenal fatigue, Yes, which I don't really like that term. No, because it doesn't have to be fatigued. It could be high. Right. You could feel... Exactly. And it doesn't really have anything to do directly with the adrenal glands. It's a brain-based problem. So we're looking, talking about brain health, mental health, physical health. We're talking about our mood and the way our brain's communicating with the adrenal glands. So the adrenal glands are like the, the, the employee that's only doing what it's told by the CEO. <laughs> it is just the, it is the utilitarian. It's just doing exactly what it's being told. And the boss is either screaming at it or shouting at it when it should be whispering or whispering when it should be shouting. 
That is what we're talking about here. How is this going to show up in somebody's life? They're going to feel wired and tired. Typically, people describe it like that, right? They feel, what are some other symptoms? They get that, they're, they often will wake up and they'll feel like a truck hit them is how the people describe it, which is really a disgusting yeah. analogy, but they feel disgusting. Mm-hmm. They feel horrible. Like even though they slept through the night, even though some of them do have trouble falling asleep and staying asleep, but even if they feel like they got a good night's sleep, they still wake up exhausted many times, not every time. Every case is different. But then they'll get bits, fits and bursts of energy throughout the day, but it's typically short-lived. They sort of live oftentimes to just function. They'll live on sugar, carbs, and caffeine to get through the day. They'll get that PM slump of energy. That's infamous, right? Two to 4 PM. They'll get that lull in energy. They'll typically go back to the caffeine and sugar to give them that pick-me-up, short-lived. And then they have the second burst of energy, second wind of energy in the evening. So they have trouble with oftentimes falling asleep and staying asleep and winding down. So that sort of rhyming phrase of wired and tired is how they would typically boil it and distill down how they feel. And they have this sort of background anxiousness. They can have panic attacks too. And they go to their doctor, the conventional doctors, and they don't really have anything for these people typically. They'll say, you're just depressed. Here's that antidepressant. Or here's the Xanax. Here's the anti-anxiety medication or something like that. Your sleep medication. Yeah, sleep. Right, exactly. A sleep sleep medication. If they're having trouble falling asleep or staying asleep. And really what's going on here? I mean, the major perspective that we have in functional medicine is nobody's sick from a pharmaceutical deficiency. So what's the actual mechanism that we can quantify on labs and measure the dysregulations that's going on. So this is what we're narrowing down. This is what it looks like. They can crave salty food too, which is it's, it's the brain. It's this sort of unconscious way to try to balance cortisol levels. Yep. So the body wants to regulate blood sugar and blood pressure. The body wants to regulate that cortisol rhythm, which regulates blood sugar and blood pressure. So this is the confluence of symptoms that is going on here. So let's narrow down on what's something that we do on the physical level, Andrea. Okay. That What are some tools that we integrate for our patients in this state? Well, I think we can specifically talk about supplementation as one area, but I do want to mention that when you're talking about cortisol and cortisol response, there are key factors of why our patients tend to be successful is that we don't become myopic and say, if you take this, it's going to fix this. So I do want to point that out while we're going to talk about specific adaptogens and other things that can really help support these systems. What Dr. Cole said is 100% true. One, I agree. Why do they call it fatigue? That's stupid. Adrenal fatigue. It's like poor adrenals. They're getting picked on and it's not even their fault. They're getting yelled at for the with the wrong information. But you have that aspect of it is very true. But then Everything that we're going to be talking about too with Candice with stress management, because it's if you can't always control your stress. We have a lot of patients that they're caring for elderly parents, children with disabilities, have extremely high pressing jobs. They can't just quit their job and, you know, become a monk. They have to like move through their life like a regular person. So, what can we do to support this beyond nutritional, beyond stress management? we're talking supplementation, there's a lot of really great supplements out there. And I'm sure you've all heard of the keywords. And if you've Googled anything, you're going to hear of ashwagandha, you know, specific terms like that. I and, think- And these are all adaptogens. Yes. Sorry for interjecting. And one no, other thing perfect. too, just to overlay what you said and double down on it, that these things don't happen in a vacuum, but we can't have a 10 hour episode. We're not going to be one of those podcasts. I would like to, <laughs> but. <laughs> but listen, this is why they have to keep tuning in because every time we have a new episode, we're going to give you different facets of these cases. Yep. So this is just one facet of the case. One facet today. So we can we're, talk we're about just, there are definitely variables that are beyond the scope of this episode. Mm-hmm. That's the caveat, but get, sorry, yes. adaptogens. No, that's great. And I, that's, you know, me, I have to make everything ex- extremely clear. So everybody, even if you're not a patient, you know directionally what we're working on. Perfect Bar has a lineup of fresh from the fridge protein snacks that actually taste amazing and are good for you. That's why I'm excited to partner with Perfect Bar and share one of my favorite go-to refrigerated snacks with you. These are made with freshly ground peanut butter. You all know I love my peanut butter. Organic honey and 20 organic superfoods. Perfect Bar has a variety of products like protein bars and little snack size bars too 
that are all so good and good for you. You are sure to find something you love. My favorite is, without a doubt, their classic peanut butter. Guys, I have to tell you, I have been loving these for years. They are absolutely delicious. Anyone I work with at the Functional Medicine Telehealth Center will tell you that I love Perfect Bar. They're made with whole food ingredients and contain no artificial preservatives. Perfect Bar is stored in the fridge, so grab one after a workout or for a quick bite in between meetings and feel good about what you're snacking on. The protein bars have a cookie dough-like texture that's creamy and full of flavor. Unlike any other bars out there, honestly, they are very unparalleled as far as their taste, their ingredients, consistency is so good. And now they come in snack size. They're packed with up to six grams of whole food protein and 150 calories. Perfect Bar knows it will be love at first bite. So for a limited time, they're offering you a chance to try their refrigerated protein bars for free. Here's how it works. Sign up for email or text and upload a picture of your receipt from your local grocery store, and they'll reimburse you for the cost of one bar directly into your Venmo or PayPal account. Pretty cool, right? All you have to do is go to perfectsnacks.com slash willcole to get a free Perfect Bar today. That's perfectsnack.com slash willcole to get a free Perfect Bar today. Happy snacking. The whole health and fitness world is talking about glucose these days, and for good reason. Poor glucose control is tied to weight gain, fatigue, sexual dysfunction, diabetes, Alzheimer's, heart disease, stroke, and more. But how do we track our glucose so we can find out how our lifestyle affects our health? This is where Levels comes in. Levels helps you see how food affects your health by giving you real-time feedback on your diet using a continuous glucose monitor. I have loved Levels for a long time. I recommend it to patients. We track patients' data from Levels at the Functional Medicine Telehealth Center this is real-time data that's helpful. Whether you have a functional medicine doctor or not, they've made a significant difference in the way that I see glucose data when I'm monitoring patients' data or my own as it relates to the way that foods impact our body and exercise and stress and sleep, all of these things. If you want to better understand how food, stress, sleep affects your health, try a continuous glucose monitor yourself so after using Levels, here are the biggest changes that I've made personally. I didn't realize how certain fruits specifically impacted my blood sugar. I thought, you know, because of course the fructose content, my sugar would be impacted by fruit, maybe negatively, even knowing the fiber can buffer this. And what I found was for me personally, I can have a pretty decent amount of fruits with very little blood sugar impact. But if there is a fruit that's lower in fiber, let's say grapes, then what I'll do is have more protein and fats prior to eating the grapes to buffer that glucose spike because fiber is definitely needed to maintain, maintain that blood sugar balance. If you want to better understand how food affects your health and try a continuous glucose monitor yourself, go to levels.link slash to learn more. They also have a really well-researched, in-depth blog that I recommend checking out if you're just looking to learn more about topics like metabolic health, longevity, and nutrition. Again, that's level.link slash Will Cole. As far as adaptogens go, there's many, many different ones. I mentioned ashwagandha, which is one of those key phrases you're going to see quite often. Probably have heard of cordyceps, different adaptogenic mushrooms, and then there's tons and tons of other ones. One of the ones that I see most common that actually work with that HPA axis that Dr. Cole was mentioning is going to be different varieties of ginseng. So, and there's quite a few of them. They all have very clinical names. If you will probably, we can link that somewhere if you need it, but the top ones are going to be the Asian ginseng, the American ginseng, and then the Siberian ginseng, which has the Alethria, mm -hmm. is that how you say it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, which is they wanted to basically distinguish it and not give you another ginseng that you have to look for. These are all going to help with regulating that HPA access in different capacities. Some of them are going to be to help support and wake things up. Some of them are going to be to help calm them down, and we can break that down for you too. But just wanted to give you that general understanding of how adaptogens work. And you want to also, I want to make a note as far as we're not trying to calm your body against an actual threat. 
we, if you are getting chased by a tiger, you need your body to respond accordingly. We're talking about your body's unnatural response to everyday stressors that can be exaggerated, either due to other physiological stressors. So this is where adaptogens can really help support. You're not trying to take away your body's natural response. You're trying to support it within whatever dysbiosis it's in currently. And one of the ones that I think, and we actually see it in certain products that we use and different ones that we have, is the Asian ginseng, which can have an invigorating effect. And you're going to see patients who are maybe having those waves of energy, but it's not consistent. So maybe you want to help bring that up. You want to help their body respond with a stress response according to how it should naturally flow. Dr. Mm -hmm. Cole mentioned that natural curve. There's something called your cortisol awakening response. Within the first 30 minutes, you should have like a normal cortisol upon awakening, and then it should shoot up because that's where you're going to be at your highest peak of the day. And then naturally throughout the day, it's going to come down. And that's, you're going to see it come down through the afternoon and come down into the evening. That's why you don't want to just look at your total cortisol. You want to see how your body's responding. So something like Asian ginseng, if someone has very low cortisol, say in the afternoon, or they don't start off as well as they would like, or it's imbalanced, this can have that impact on that HPA access to drive up that response so that your body can respond normal to normal stress. Mm -hmm. Then you have the opposite where you can have patients. (laughs) We've seen charts where it's like, I don't, can't remember off the top of my head. I think it's supposed to be zero to 20 or something within the first 30 minutes. And they're like 10,332. And it's, they can't even show it on the chart. You're probably not going to give someone Asian ginseng or an invigorator or something that's going to help doing that. You're going to want to bring in a calming effect. So this is something like American ginseng, where it's going to naturally help your body come down and enter into a calmer state. So we're going to take the cortisol that your body should be producing, but just at a higher level and bring it down into a normal range. So that way you're not waking up with a pounding heart. You're kind of fuzzy because you feel like you didn't sleep well. Like your mind can't kind of catch up with where you need to be because you're having that comprehension issue. Mm -hmm. This can be someone who's experiencing either high or low cortisol. And so we need to find and figure out what your response is so we can pick the appropriate adaptogens. And so I'm sure that we've all experienced, and I've seen this with patients, they're like, oh, I tried ashwagandha and it didn't work for me. Cool. It didn't work. That's okay. There's a million other ones. We need to find your threshold, what works for your body, what you respond to well. And then sometimes maybe you're doing too much of it. Maybe Mm -hmm. you're not doing enough. So don't give up on these if you have tried something and it didn't work for you. There are so many different avenues to explore in that regard and Mm -hmm. helping support your body normalize that cortisol rhythm throughout the day. Love that. And just to frame to define adaptogens for people that are newer to this conversation. Most of our listeners know what they are, but for the people that are newer to the conversation, adaptogens are just a general term for plant medicines from nature. They're not all plants, but they are typically some sort of natural substance that have been shown in the research and also just from a a, uh, traditional medicine standpoint have been used indigenously for thousands of years, many of them to help to modulate stress. So they, while they all have their own specific highlight roles or different studies or different like general effects, for the most part, they do have a balancing effect, a modulating effect. There are outliers, like you said, certain ginsengs that may have like slightly stimulating effects. But for the most part, whether cortisol is high or low, they tend to have a regulating effect. So they're supporting the rhythm of that hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis. They're supporting that cortisol circadian rhythm. So there are definitely ones that work better for others. And I think that's the curation that we do with patients' protocols because they're all different. So you mentioned ashwagandha. That's one of my ones that I love. It's ashwagandha is one of the most well-researched ones. Mm-hmm. And it typically is the one that you're seeing in the top of search engine searches for adaptogens and natural stress supporters. It's been used in Ayurvedic medicine, traditional Indian medicine for thousands of years, but there's really cool science around it. One study actually found that women that had, this was a study done in 51 women specifically with mood fluctuations and menopausal symptoms. They found that ashwagandha was very beneficial at at calming those stress mood fluctuations and calming anxiety disorders as well. And another study found that it had a similar effect to lorazepam 
the anti-anxiety mechanisms, mm-hmm. which is very cool. And the science is really looking at the mechanisms of this, but it tends to center it around the modulation of the brain communication yes. with the adrenal glands. So I like uh, ashwagandha because of the science around it. Lemon balm is another one, the technical term for its Melissa officinalis, and it's used, all of these, by the way, the form can be in tea, they could be in tinctures, they could be in capsule form, they can, yes. you could cook with them. But lemon balm has a specific compound called rosmarinic acid, which by its even hearing that, you are right, it's the compound that's also found in rosemary which can have similar adaptogenic properties to it and some cool studies about it. But one study found that supplementing 300 to 1,600 milligrams of lemon balm was shown to decrease anxiety, decrease stress, help with sleep, falling asleep, staying asleep issues, improve memory, mood, improve cognitive processing output in a number of different studies, ranging from a couple people to a good group of people. And the pathway has been is shown to really work on GABA, GABA function, which is our anti-anxiety parasympathetic neurotransmitter. So those are two that I like, which are, one's pretty famous. I guess lemon balm is pretty notable as well. I'd say that they're- Holy basil is another one. Holy basil or tulsi, which is also the Ayurvedic term for that. I love it. I have it in holy youth, which is the formulation that I did for Agent Natur. They can check that out. We'll put all the links in the show notes at drwillcole.com. But anyways, I love adaptogens. We've used them for years. What are some pointers you would say, and then we'll kick it over to the mental health side with Candice. But I would say start off low and slow. Yeah, if would, one doesn't work for you, move to another one. Yes. And more isn't always better. Yes. Because sometimes you're like, you're just, you don't need all this stuff. And actually there are studies that show that too much of this stuff has the opposite effect. You're like creating too much hormesis or too much of a hormetic too effect. Too much stress is, in the yeah. body. Yeah. So you need, it's a, it's a balancing act, but mm-hmm. any other tips? Yeah, I think that what you pointed out, I wanted to point out too, as far as the tinctures too, I think is very helpful for people to realize is that the nice thing about adaptogens is because they come in so many forms, you have the luxury of being able to adjust how much you're taking and when you're taking it. Mm -hmm. So I think tinctures work really well. Tea works really well. The holy youth works really well, especially because even in things in powder form, you can again adjust it. Titrating it to what's appropriate. And these are... Everything that we're talking about is going to be that regulating, stress-reducing, inflammation response that we're trying to drive down. We're getting, we're trying to get your brain to function better and communicate better. And that's where we're taking these different steps. And adaptogens are just one thing that help with your adrenal function. And so I think it's important for you to realize that you can try different ones and that's okay. If something doesn't work for you, just like Dr. Cole said, you can shift. You can try different dosages of different things that you need to do. And it's okay if you start small, even if you just bring in like a Tulsi tea. Mm-hmm. I think that those are so widely available and good organic products. And it's something you can incorporate easily into your daily routine. Mm-hmm. These do not have to be complicated things that you then have to structure around your day. That's the nice thing about adaptogens for the most part is that they're easy to bring in, whether in tincture form, tea form, cooking form, they're just incorporating it into your regular schedule. So don't be afraid of trying these because there's a lot of different options and there's a lot of different ways to incorporate it. Yep. And if you're on any medications, they generally are they're well tolerated by most people, but obviously the caveat, talk with your doctor if you're on any medications. But for the most part, these things are safe and effective and something to explore. When was the last time you had a good night's sleep or a day without pain or any anxiety? These issues shouldn't have to be a part of your daily routine. If you're wanting to take care of yourself and stay healthy, I have been loving MD Immune Plus. I love that it's made with natural ingredients. My patients love it as well. MD Bio was developed by four award-winning Beverly Hills doctors. They've worked for over three years to produce the most efficacious products they could for sleep, anxiety, pain, and immunity. And all of their products are tested on real patients. So MD Bio is a company you can trust. I want you to feel the difference with MD Bio too. And they are so confident in their products. They are giving the Art of Being Well listeners a free starter pack with free shipping. I mean, come on, guys. Right now, 
you can get any 10 count sample of products for absolutely free, but only when you go to mdbiowellness.com and enter promo code WILLCOLE at checkout. Remember, for your free starter pack with free shipping, you have to go to mdbiowellness.com. That's mdbiowellness.com, promo code WILLCOLE to get that free starter pack. Supermush is the world's best superfood mouth spray. They've created the easiest and most effective way to get your daily dose of energy, immunity, and chill. Mouth sprays are one of the most effective ways to ingest supplements and have the fastest absorption rates so you can feel the effects immediately. They have three different formulas. They have the daily energy mouth spray. It has cordyceps, lion's mane, rhodiola, green tea for a smooth, clean burst of energy. The next one is the daily chill mouth spray. It's formulated with ashwagandha, reishi, lion's mane, and lavender to calm stress and give a restful night's sleep. And the daily immunity mouth spray. It has turkey tail, ginger, vanilla to really protect your cellular health and keep your immune system strong. I got some of these in the mail and I tried them. I love them. And I also gave them to my teenage son, Solomon, and he doesn't like a ton of healthy things in his life. This is something that he has been using consistency. He loves the taste of these and he uses them throughout the day. He gives, takes the energy one to support his energy throughout the day to stay focused. He takes the chill one in the evening to wind down. And when he's feeling a little run down, he uses the immunity one. So this is something that anybody, if you're not taking enough superfoods into your diet, this is a great thing to bring in. I definitely recommend Supermush. Get $10 off your first order at supermush.com with code WillCole. Again, it's code WillCole for $10 off at supermush.com. Use daily to optimize your health. All right, so we've talked from how physical health impacts mental health. How does mental health impact physical health here, Candice? We're going to follow the cravings a little bit. So you were talking about people that are wired and tired. What did you say they crave? Salt. Salt, yes. And that's the body's way of what it it is trying to regulate, understand. Yep. It understands the state it's in, right? Mm -hmm. And then it's trying to regulate. And I think that these cravings go a little bit deeper as well. When we are doing doom scrolling, that term for when you're just numbing out and you're scrolling on your phone, or the craving to have that drink every night, right? We talk about alcohol consumption. These are not things that just come out of nowhere, right? Mm -hmm. Our body, our minds, everything, we make sense. And yeah. I think as I've gone through my mental health journey, understanding that my system and what it's doing, even when it's acting out in ways that I'm not pleased with, mm -hmm. it still makes sense. And so going through this, you know, when we're looking for, we can use those cravings that we're following we can use them as a signal of just that. My body is saying something. My mind is saying something. And that's where I like to tie in daily practice. And so the practice I brought for you today, and we're going to do this. Dr. Cole's going to do it. And I know how he I, feels about you know being this. put on the spot. So we'll see how he goes. Hey, I Very have no easy. idea what's happening right now. Yeah, he, I, is, I, he was not prepared. Student. So this is it. one of my absolute favorites, and I'll tell you why. The first is it's so simple. And it takes something that we're all very familiar with breathwork in the wellness world. Like if you were to tell somebody right now, Andrea, a breathwork practice, what would you say off the top of your head that they should do? I would say that they have to incorporate it, not just when they're experiencing stress, but be proactive in calming the mind throughout the day. And then I would say, start with a couple minutes, a few times a day with either box breathing or a different type of nasal breathing through yep. in and out of certain nasal passages. And these are simple, easy things. Like you said, I could be like, hey, let's do it now together. Yeah, absolutely. So that's what we hear all the time. We hear box breathing. We hear that do it while you're calm. So these are things that are well known. Even four, seven, eight, which is really extending your exhalation over okay. your inhalation effects. So we know breath work fundamentally, it's physical, spiritual, mental health. It affects the nervous system. It literally changes biochemistry right in the moment. That's why mm -hmm. people talk about it so much. That's why. But this practice is going to be a simple, you're going to inhale, you're going to pause, you're going to exhale, and you're going to pause. But I'm not going to tell you how long to inhale, exhale, 
pause. I just, and I'm actually, as you go through the practice, if you don't want to pause after you inhale, that's completely up to you. That pause can be as short or as long as, as you want it to be. So Dr. Cole's closing his eyes and I hope that he is inhaling, pausing, exhaling. I'm I'm doing this right now. How long should I be pausing? You just keep going because I'm going to keep explaining. That's the point. You are listening oh, to your intuitive. system. It's, okay. It is intuitive and okay. it may change. It doesn't have to be the same. So this is a breathing practice that really brings you back to yourself, your own rhythms and your body. And the other thing I really like about this is there's no wrong way to do it. One of the barriers that I see in my clients specifically is that they are very caught up in the right or the wrong way to do something. Right away we hedged, okay, here's adaptogens but how do we take them correctly? Because we know that's the first question people are going to ask, <laughs> yes. right? And Dr. Cole, he's still breathing. He's still there. He was mentioning about these ancient modalities and being in tune with the rhythm of, of life and, and bringing our systems back in rhythm. These are practices that when you're anchoring back to yourself, mm-hmm. you're in tune with your natural rhythm. So I would say, I would ask you, okay, you did that for about a minute. How yeah. do you feel? I feel regulated. I feel calmer. I feel grounding. I feel like I should have done this at the top of the podcast, <laughs> not the end. <laughs> because it is a great way to ground myself. Did so you notice my any head. changes? Like yeah, from my, the beginning of when you started? My pulse went down. My heart rate went down. Did you breathe the same way through the whole time we were talking? Um, no. No. I, I, I wasn't thinking about it, but I was just intuitively rolling through the exercise. So I wasn't timing myself though, but it it fluctuated slightly. Yeah. So just by paying attention to your breath, you were immediately bridging the gap between your sympathetic state, which Mm -hmm. we're recording. We're excited about talking about these things. We tend to go into the more nervous energy state. And then you were able to bridge that gap right back to the parasympathetic. I love that. So what's so powerful about this is this is available to us at any time. And We can, what I love about this one is you can just go into it and you don't have to, you could do this anywhere. Like you don't have to be conscious of four in, four out or pause. So I really like that you're able to check in with yourself. And what I, the larger piece that I want to point out here is that it really does build that relationship with yourself and listening to your body and how you're responding to things. And that's foundational. With It's a foundational thing that we work with our yes. patients. And I think, and I'd love to hear what you guys say about this. I would venture to say the most successful patients are the ones that are mm-hmm. able to lean into that fastest. Yes. yes. Would what would you say? That. 100%. I would agree with that fully. Like if we're looking at two sides of this coin, mental mm-hmm. health, physical health, I think that the people that cultivate this practice earlier on, it allows the physical practices, meaning the food changes, the supplement changes, the other wellnessy things, right? They happen a lot more effortlessly, a lot more unimpededly because they have a better relationship with themselves. And I think they have a better awareness to what their body loves and what their body hates. And they want to do more things that make them feel good and nourish themselves. Yeah, it's. I've seen that play out thousands of times over and, the years. And I want to point out too, Candice, like what you were saying, those were great tips and tools for people who are even anxious around taking supplements yes. or around eating things. This pause before you take a supplement, if you're anxious or nervous or you're afraid of what that might impact your body, sometimes we can manifest those symptoms purely from our anxious thoughts and our mm-hmm. behaviors. It's not saying that what people are going through aren't real, but I love that you mentioned that this can be done anytime. And one of the things that we like to see it incorporated with patients is taking a three-second pause before eating or a minute pause just to breathe in and out. The same with supplements, the same with anything. And I think it's important to realize that what you said is very true, that those that are able to bring an awareness to this tend to be able to move quicker because they're not living in their anxious thoughts. They're living in their actual body of what's happening and are more receptive and more understanding of noticing when something happens. Yeah. So yeah. what I did was there, Candice, you said it all, mm-hmm. uh, just to repeat back from for everybody. I was rooting myself in my body, right? I yeah. was bridging the gap between our sympathetic, i.e. the fight or flight stressed state to yes. the parasympathetic, which is the rest, digest, hormone balanced state. It is the what we need for that nice circadian rhythm of the cortisol throughout Mm -hmm. the day, correct? So how much time should I be doing that every day? Do you have any recommendations there? I do. I think that starting slowly is great. I think this is a good practice to set your phone or use your 
use your craving cues. When mm-hmm. I pick up my phone to scroll, I should probably doing be doing this because what you want to do is do it at different times because what it's really ingraining is checking in with yourself. So That's 30 good. seconds counts, but if you could do this up to two minutes, yeah, great. Listen to your body. As with mm-hmm. any breath work, any practice like this, your intuition, you really do know best. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you can don't do it for longer than feels good. Do what feels good. And that's the last thing. I just want to say one more thing about this in particular. When we are bombarded with messages about how to do everything, and it has to be, and whether this is investing, whether this is food, whether this is parenting, whether this is, I don't know, taking a walk, you can probably find eight accounts to follow on Instagram <laughs> that will be pointing at things True. to tell you, this is how you should be doing your 20-minute walk. And that might be me. <laughs> Perfectly. And that perfect or that how-to or that desire, it comes from such a good place. We want to be well. We want to be the best that we can be so that we can carry out this beautiful life mission that we have. But don't let that perfection get in the way of what the good. And that's where I would say use that cue twofold. This is a time to check back with yourself and trust that your body knows best, you know best, and Mm -hmm. it makes sense even when it's in a dysregulated state. So good. These are, those are, the dysregulated state is a check engine light. Yes. Yes. So- don't see it as something negative. See it as your body's giving you a cue that it needs something. And I would say too, that is brilliant in the sense of when you have the impulse craving unconscious habit of going to grab your phone and instead anchor yourself with some breath work, simple breath work. Could you imagine what the power that would have on someone's day? And that's not judging phones, right? But like, it's yeah. just saying that, hey, there's- what <laughs> or, if we... or accounts that are giving good information. Right. It's just going to help you assimilate. So when Dr. Cole does pop up on your feed, giving you all of this awesome information, you're able to choose what's best for you. It's about that- Yes. Fine-tuning that lens. I have a Uh-oh. question for you. Here we go. Because I get this a lot with patients. So I, wanna, I want your opinion. I want you to give- your honest Meeting of the minds on this. right now. Because <laughs> I know, this, this I know like, there's this, one this, person out there who's thinking this. I get more anxious when I do breathing. Yes. Why is that? And what should I do? Or what should I check in with myself about? Well, I would say stay, keep tuning in because this isn't the only practice we're going to share, but it is so true. And that's exactly why I picked this one in particular. What, you can do this while walking. So for a lot of people, just staying still and breathing is not going to be their way in. And we want to yeah. find a way to get you on the train. Yeah, so if it's sitting it. there on a cushion in your corner in Zen pose, that's not it for a lot of people. Yeah. We have to be real. They're you know, there, you yeah. can't Wim Hof in the office always. So, yeah, but here you can. <laughs> well, here you can. <laughs> but not yeah. other places. So Andrew, what I really would say is walking, anchored breath with walking, fantastic way. And don't think about the breath. Think about yeah. the movement. I agree. Like the flexibility there yes. is a good entry point for people that do have a dysregulated nervous system mm-hmm. because that's true. I mean, you need a way in. And I think the flexibility, there's a great way to kick off mental health is physical health, i.e. Itrotata dilatata, itrotata dilatata. What does that mean again? Awakening from above, awakening from below. And- Beautiful. Guys, this is not just for the podcast. This is our everyday life. It, 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 <laughs> these are. I'll speak in foreign tongue. Yeah, <laughs> we'll talk about some random ish. It's literally <laughs> I, we got little lessons on historical this morning. So oh, yeah, this is psychedelic conversations of the origins oh, yeah. of faith. Oh, but man, yep. let's just not. But let's not go on a tangent. That's for a different. We could different do a episode. whole different episode. This has been beautiful. Before we go, if you want to learn more about this information, go to drwillcole.com. If you want to learn more about the group model, go to autoimmunehealthreset.com. Go to either one, whatever you want to do, learn what you want to do. And I would say this, that before we go, we have a special surprise. We're going to kick it over to an actual patient. You get to hear this play out in their life. A special conversation I had with one of our patients, Caitlin. It's great to talk to you. I mean, when Holly reached out to me to do it, obviously, if you send Holly to ask anybody (laughs) anything, you can't say no because she is just such a charmer. But no, I'm really honored and really excited to do this with you too because I think the discourse that you have with your patients and that your team has with your patients is 90% of the actual healing journey. I think it's the... If people could see that the empathy, the compassion, 
the relatability, the approachability. I think that that is like a huge catalyst into, or at least for me personally, that was how the healing just basically got started. I fully, I see that. And I, I tell patients all the time, you to not have to hold this all on your own. It's heavy to go and be your own doctor, quote unquote, and health advocate and figure out all the stuff person for yourself and be the one that's struggling. It is like very difficult to 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 hold both, be being patient and caretaker. So I I we want to take on that heaviness for people and we want to carry that and figure this out and navigate the waters that are at play with these issues. So thank you so much. And yeah. Let's go back to where we first met and this headspace that you were in and what you were going through. I'd like to start there because right now there are thousands and thousands and thousands of people that are going through similar things here. And I want to maybe frame this whole segment here that I want people to hear other ordinary people that were up against seemingly insurmountable things who got answers and started moving the needle in the positive direction to give them hope. So that's where we're going. But let's go back to the earlier days when we first met and what what was going on in your life. So I reached out to you. It was at the end of 2019. I had been through various integrative medical treatments. Um, I had flown all over the country. I had done all the things. And I finally looked at my husband and I was like, this is just no longer about me. This is torture for both of us because we're spending all of our time, like you said, looking for answers and getting just not even just like conflicting answers, just nothing, nothing added up. There was no picture. It was just compartmentalized information. Mm -hmm. So then I reached out to your team and you and I spoke, we had our consult. It was actually what I loved the most was that you did the consult with both me and my husband so that he kind of knew what we were going to be doing. And he was very involved. There was just nothing was, nothing was skipped over. Um, it was very transparent. And, you know, then you guys did your thing. You ran the tests, you got me on the right protocols and we kicked it off from there. But again, it was a combination. I mean, there was a physical manifestation of a lot of mental symptoms. You know, it was at a breaking point. It was stress. There was a ton of, um, I'm sure, inflammation from the stress that we were experiencing, but then um, also the physical stuff. So mm -hmm. it was just, it was a, it was a, it was a complete breaking point. Um, whatever, what, whatever you're comfortable with. Yeah. What were some of those physical symptoms that you were going through? I mean, it was just constant indigestion, bloating, facial flushing. I had never had any sort of skin issues in my life. And then I turned 30 and all of a sudden I had this terrible rosacea. I carried an extra 10 pounds, which to me isn't up. It sounds a little, I mean, it's, there's a little bit of vanity attached to that, right? But um, it was more just like feeling uncomfortable in my mm -hmm. own skin. Because um, yeah. I was always, you know, pretty athletic. I'm, it was fatigue. It was brittle nails. It was no, I couldn't recover after working out. I noticed all of these things were just happening consistently and progressively getting worse, no matter how healthy I ate, no matter how much water I drank, no matter how much sleep I got, none of it was getting better. But I think the main issue for me was the, were the gut issues. I was either bloated or constipated or something, you know, just, it was just terrible. I was afraid to go out and eat, not knowing, you know, where I would be in an hour. So yeah. well, that's so true. I, I hear that a lot, especially with digestive issues and different autoimmune problems when they have reactions to foods, no matter if it's digestive or neurological or just some sort of inflammatory symptom, a feeling like your body's kind of is your enemy and food is your enemy and it's turned against you and you can't even trust it or enjoy going out. I mean, it yep. can be quite isolating. A hundred percent. And that was, it was, we were, I was traveling from that point where it was, you know, food's my enemy and I'm having this inner battle to, it became an external issue, right? You isolate yourself from your friends, from your relationships because food is social. So, you know, that a lot of people use that as a meeting point and 
I began to say, no, I can't do this. I don't want to do this because I was too afraid. So that was a huge fear of food um, was Mm -hmm. born out of all of these symptoms. Yeah. And I, and not that this was you at all, but I just actually, the call right before this, there was an actual consultation and we were talking about the concept of orthorexia and I, so many people in the autoimmune and digestive space go through that, that sort of disordered eating around healthy foods, because it's oftentimes for our patient base, at least it's born out of real physical reactions to foods. And then they're end up having only like five foods they can eat from that they know, okay, these things don't hurt me. And the rest of them are like, for sure hurt me or randomly will hurt me. And they're untrustworthy. Were you in that mode? Like what, what did that look like for you in the height of it? Oh, a thousand percent. I thought, you know, I was mostly, I was 99% plant-based and I thought what, you know, what could be better than that? What Mm. could I, you know, what could I possibly be doing wrong? Turns out everything, but we'll get there. Um, But yeah, it it was, I mean, I had a specific set of foods that I, that were my, my good foods. And then these were my bad foods. I mean, it was, it was so specific at one point that I, you know, looking back now, I'm like, who was that person? Who was that person? How did I, how did I get from a person who, enjoyed food, loved going out to eat to, I, I, it was, it was like going to battle every time a meal was brought up. It was like, Mm -hmm. Oh, I can't believe I have to go through this again. And that's just a meal. Yeah. Right. So what, whatever you remember, it's obviously been a while since we went over the labs. Like what were the, some of the highlights, I guess, for you, were there any aha moments when we got labs back that you were like, Oh wow. Or was it more confirmation and validation on you intuitively knowing what was going on in your body anyways? No, I always tell this, especially to Emily and Andrea, you guys taught me how to know my body and how to read my body and how to kind of also forgive it and be nicer to it. But no, all of it was just, I, I mean, you have to remember 99% of America has never seen labs like you do it. I mean, it's just, yeah. if I take those into my PCP or, you know, they're just like, who did this? Yeah. <laughs> what, how are they? And I'm just like, well, I, if, you, if you need information, you're going to get it here because I have it all. Um, no, it was all, I mean, it was all shocking and it was all brand new to me. I didn't even know the majority of those things existed. And it, there was a part of it that was extremely affirmational that it made me feel like I wasn't crazy or alone mm-hmm. that, you know, it, it wasn't like when we got them back, it wasn't the best news because there was a lot of weird stuff going on, but mm-hmm. it was the best news because it was like, I am not crazy. You know, I, and, and also attached to that, it was, here's all this information for you. And not just like, here's all this information for you. Sayonara. Here's all this information for you. (laughs) This is what we're going to try to do to, you know, to get, to get better. True. I mean, I, that's why I always try to preface those visits when I, when we go over the labs is saying, look, we are not going to just look at problems here where really this is a validating, but B, we have to know what we're dealing with to do something about it. And Mm -hmm. for someone like you in your position, which is most of our people is that they've, we're not their first rodeo. They've seen really brilliant doctors, yep. both conventional and alternative. There isn't a lack of brains in the room or or data. Uh, no. But like you said, it's these compartmentalized sort of a little bit there, a little bit here, a little bit this. And it's like, we need to like integrate this stuff, bring it together, put all the pieces together. I'm surprised to hear that for you to say that it was shocking because I, you're is you are such a well-read erudite person with this stuff. I I never asked you that before to know your initial thought back when we went over those first labs. No, I totally agree with you. I I like to think of myself as a data geek, um, just like you guys. Yeah, Yeah, but it's um, no. Most of it was very. I mean, I think the most shocking part was when the way you connected all of the information. Mm -hmm. um, How something over here actually was affecting something way over here. Yeah. And um, that was the coolest part of all of it is like, like you said, nothing's linear, but it was all, you told me you go, there's upstream, there's downstream, and we're going to go one way to get to the other way. And it was, mm-hmm. it was the full picture. That was yeah. the biggest thing for me that it's all interconnected and 
and you made you made it so that I could understand it. Because this is another thing Andrea and I were talking about today. It's it's the why. I, I think we're all so sick. Like the world in general is so sick of nobody answering the question why. Like I get that this is the way it is, but can we can we know why? Yeah. Um, so I think that was that was the most shocking part is how much of one thing connected to another thing. Yeah, well, it's true. People want to know why and people want to be in a safe space to be able to even ask the question. Because oftentimes with doctors, it's like they're, even if they do speak up, they're like, it's like that that medical gaslighting for even asking a question. I mean, I've had it everywhere. I've had it in all, and you know, I've had doctors bling things on me, which you know, accountability is important in a health journey, right? But there's just that piece of it that you, you like I said, your team is excellent. And I think this is like so overlooked and so important. It's the empathy piece. It's, it's the discourse piece, the conversation. Like Andrea and I were on a Zoom today. We were crying, laughing, but we were also having like a really good conversation. So I think it's that mixture and mm-hmm. not feeling like you're alone and knowing that your team also does, they, they practice what they preach. They do the things that you're yeah. having your patients do too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I love yeah. that. I love that you're saying this. Like the, that's the whole point of this podcast. I mean, you listen to the podcast too. It's the mm-hmm. science and art. You need both yeah. to hold both to get true sustainable healing. So like, what did healing look like for you? And I guess at what point in your journey, and there's so many different facets to it. We're not going to be able to get through all of it, but like just the overall, yeah. like w- at what point in your healing journey were you like, yeah, I'm on the right, I'm in the right path. Oh, it was, it did not take super long. Um, okay. After you and I first met, it was like six to nine months in and I was just feeling like myself. And that's all that, you know, from the beginning you asked me, you said, what do you want out of this? I just want to feel like myself. Yeah. And that was, I noticed that. And, you know, when my husband, that, that was a critical point when he was like, we're having fun, you know, mm-hmm. we're doing, we're doing things. Yeah. We're going places. We're, you know, growing out with other people. Um, that was huge. And then, you know, that was, that's been consistently the one thing that I've been able to kind of come back to every time, you know, mm-hmm. cause you know, healing, it's just like you said, not vertical. Every time there's, you know, a bump or a flare up, I come back to that piece of it, like that, that I know that I'm still healing and that my body can do it. Right. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. And I want, I, I'm glad that you said that because I want people, it's so easy for us to, in our culture to say, what's well, like seven days of this or 14 days of that, or even 30 days of that. And obviously we can have finite periods of time to do reassessments, to see, is this working for us? But ultimately it's, we're talking about at the very least to get to the place of stability. We're talking about months or the average person is struggling with different digestive, autoimmune, inflammatory problems. And even then it's not, we're not like magically in utopia after this time period. It's this constant art piece that we are cultivating over time. uh, This, the sacred art of of wellness. So like uh, healing has has been nonlinear for you, but like you said, we know the center, we know your, your, your core, your, your center of gravity and we can get there faster now. So like what, um, like where are you at now versus where you, where were you at when we first met? Oh, I'm a different, I'm a completely different. I'm in a completely different headspace, but that goes back to the, the physical part of it is such, it's such a big part of it. The supplements, the food is medicine. But the mental part is where you guys really carried me through and just teaching me about the impact that stress has on my body. I think over the course of these past two and a half, three years, as far as the growth in that aspect is just like 150%. And yeah. just, yeah, just coming back to that point. And, and like, I look at myself then, I'm just so much... I feel like so much more of a human I had, I had, and that compassion and that empathy is now I'm able to project that into the world and have that toward other people. And that's, 
that's a big piece of it. I can give more of myself to other people because I'm so much more comfortable with where I'm at in my healing journey and how I feel. I love that. What would you like for the other, for all those people that are on that other side of impossible, right? Yeah. What, uh-huh. That's struggling with SIBO, that's struggling with autoimmunity, they're struggling with chronic fatigue syndrome or hormonal problems. Like, what would you tell that person that's that's listening to this right now? I mean, Dr. Cole, you know, we got to a really good place and then I also got to a really bad place again. And mm-hmm. things that worked for me the first time didn't work for me the second time. So we had to, I mean, you, <laughs> your poor team really had to brainstorm for me. I want to tell them it's so hard because when you're there, it doesn't, it feels like everybody's just not telling you the truth, right? Like you're going to get better. You can get better. And it feels like, oh, well, that's easy for you to say because you're better and you're fine. Yeah, yeah. But like nothing tastes as good. Nothing looks as good as feeling good feels. And if you want to do the work, you can 100% get there. You may not be 100% better. And you may be one of those people like me who gets 80% better and then has a little bit of a fallback or, Mm -hmm. you know, does really, really well. But it's you understand, you have to understand that your body wants to be healthy. If there's, you know, it, it wants to be healthy. You have, you can't, it's just, it's achievable. It's achievable mm-hmm. with the right people. And I, I don't know how to explain it. It's your team, your team and your people ha- gave me hope from day one. There's just, there's just hope. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, it's hard work, but it's there. Yeah, for sure. And, it, and now as, as you're talking, I'm thinking about how your how when you're spending these months and months and months spending with somebody during their health journey, we become such so much friends during this whole process, and the yeah. entire entire team yeah. adores you. And uh, I favorite. I think that's such a special thing that like not everybody's going to understand when you're outside of this sort of journey. Uh, it is a special thing, isn't it? It's a hundred. Like I can't. I I think it's funny because a lot of people know you and they know how special you are. And that's what I love most about your podcast is your team is a a reflection of who you are as well. It's like, you're all just, you're just so such wonderful people and appointments are something that I get really excited for because I mean, like I told you, we talk about the serious stuff we do. We make sure that we get through what needs to be spoken about, but um, your team is so relatable, so approachable so kind and so open-minded, you know, I've had bad days. Poor Emily. (laughs) Emily, for some reason, always gets me when I'm in like my worst spot. And she just sits, she sits there and she is just like, she keeps that smile on her face and she's, you know, she bounces back and forth with me. Um, I don't, I, I really don't have words for it, but yes, I get so excited to talk to everyone. Every time I call your office and it's Holly, it's just a riot. Um, (laughs) And they get to really, hear her. Have, just to, I know you, and I know you know this because you and I have talked about it. You know you have really special people working with you. I do. Thank you. They're a blessing for sure. And I'm yeah. glad that people get to hear a little bit of it on the podcast because it is just yeah. how we are. Last question: What is a food that you didn't think you would like, if there is one, but that you really like is a part of your life now and you enjoy it? Some sort of nutrient dense food before meeting us. I'm going to shout out to Andrea. <laughs> Andrea is the, Andrea's the uh, people right before this conversation will have met Andrea. She's the clinic manager. She's been a part of yeah. my team for 12 plus years. Yeah. That's who Andrea is. But anyways, go on. Yeah. Plantains were such like a weird thing to me. And Andrea was like, you got to have like a good carb that you're looking forward to eating that tastes good. And she's like, I love plantain chips. Eat them. I was like, Andrea, ew. No, I'm not like, I'm not, that's not me. I'm very simple. And now I'm addicted. They're a staple and I love them. And I can't believe like, it's just such a, such a weird, like niche food, but yeah. um, I can't live without it. And it. honestly, to be, to be honest with you, there are a ton of foods that I never used to touch that I touch now because you guys have shown me that it's okay to just try it all. I love it. 
Yeah, plantains are a great source of resistant starch, which is great for your gut microbiome and helps with short-chain fatty acid production, which are products of bacterial fermentation. It's a great uh, plantains, like green bananas even, sweet yep. potatoes are another source of resistant starch. Cooled yep. white rice for people who eat green uh, grains uh, is yep. another source of resistant starch. My friend, this has been a blessing. Seriously, thanks for sharing your heart and giving people a peek into what it's like to, to, to heal and be on that healing journey even currently. Yeah, you're the best. And, you know, I hope you get to keep doing what you're doing for millions of years. Um, <laughs> and, you know, we love you and we're grateful for you. So thanks for having me. Thank you, my friend. Thanks again for listening to The Art of Being Well. If you have a chance, please rate and review the podcast here. And if you like what you're hearing, hit follow and pass it along to a friend. To see more, head to drwillcole.com slash podcast. I'll be back every Monday and Thursday, and I hope you will too. Talk soon.